0: The scripture for today is from Isaiah 61, 8 through 11. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations, and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge, and they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exalt in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks herself out with garland, and as a bride adorns himself with jewels, for as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as the garden causes what is sown in to the spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all nations.
1: Amen. God bless his word this morning. I just wanted to start out by saying when I use the word man, ladies, don't take it the wrong way because you're going to hear the word man a lot. And when I get into the person I'm talking about, it won't be in order. I'm just going to kind of bundle it all together and see what kind of present comes out. Here we go. When a man experiences the love, mercy, and kindness of the Lord Jesus Christ, his heart and life are changed forever. Realizing his past is buried on the cross of Calvary when Jesus died, he confirms the death of his old life, By way of baptism. It's all dead. It's all gone. The way he used to live is over with. And he realizes this when he accepts Jesus Christ as Savior. Everything in his heart and his life becomes new to him. So in the present, he's trying to figure out, how do I live this Christian life? All these changes God has made in my heart and in my mind, all of what he's done for me, how do I live this out in a practical way? Ultimately, he looks toward the future, and he hopes several things in the future. He hopes that whatever he messed up, wherever he went wrong, whoever he hurt in life, that God, in his mercy, would heal that relationship. He looks for God to do that and work in his life to say, Lord, please heal the things that I might have done wrong or the people that I might have hurt in my life. He hopes for that in the future, But ultimately he looks to the future and he hopes that the Lord Jesus Christ will remember him on judgment day. That God will not look at his life the way it was or where he messed up at. But God will look at his life through the Lord Jesus Christ and say because he is the king of kings and lord of lords. And because he died for you, welcome to my kingdom figuring out his past is all done away with because he's accepted Christ, has been buried by water baptism, trying to live out his life as a Christian and what it means to reflect the glory of God and hoping for the future that God will one day hear his prayer. This man walks and lives in great joy. All the things that God has done in his heart, the way God has worked and moved in him, it brings him joy and he wants to spread that joy to everybody he's around. He wants them to know the joy that he's experienced in his heart. Well, old Ebenezer Scrooge, in the movie A Christmas Carol, the 1984 uh, version, he's visited by three Christmas spirits. The spirit of Christmas past, the spirit of Christmas present, and the spirit of Christmas future. And he can thank his friend, the deceased Jacob Marley, for sending him these three spirits. By the end of the movie, I'm just going to wipe past everything and get right to the point of where I want to go this morning. By the end of the movie, he thanks his deceased friend for the visitation of these three spirits. And he promises his friend that all three spirits will thrive in his body. Ebenezer Scrooge eventually wakes up from what he thinks is a long dream. He looks out and he realizes it's Christmas Day and he makes the following statements. Number one, he says, Heaven and Christmas time be praised. Then he says, Merry Christmas to everybody and Happy New Year to the world. Ebenezer is full of joy. He's so joyful, he starts running all around the house. He flips his coat off, he flips his shoes off, he's jumping up and down, he's just going nuts. He jumps on his bed, and he jumps on his bed like he's a little schoolboy. He is so filled with joy and happiness, he runs all around like a little child. Well, he has to lay on his bed because he is like an old man. He's probably 90 years old or something, and now he's out of breath. So he lays on his bed, and he catches his breath. He gets himself together. He gets up, and then he puts on his finest clothes. He goes, and he looks out the window, and he sees this little boy running down on Christmas Day. He says, hey, you there, young man. Do you know about this goose that's down at the marketplace? And he says, yes, sir, I do. He says, I want you to go buy it for my clerk. He buys his clerk the biggest goose in the marketplace. As he gets dressed, he goes downstairs, and he walks outside. The air is beautiful. Life is beautiful. Realize nothing has changed around him. It's still snowing. When he was a lost man, he was still mad at all the people. But all of a sudden, he's changed. So he goes downstairs, and he hears a group of people singing. He goes up to the group of people, and he just touches a little girl on her ticket. Oh, my goodness, Merry Christmas to you, and God bless you. Such glorious music on such a glorious day. And he throws a little money in the kitty. As he walks down the line a little bit, he meets two businessmen who he offended in his previous life. And he says, men, I would like to talk to you. And they said, oh, Ebenezer Scrooge, we see. They didn't want to talk to the man. He says, pardon me for my indiscretion. And he decides he wants to give to charity. He then realizes that his nephew had asked him to come and dine with them on Christmas Day. And he wanted nothing to do with it. So he goes up to his nephew's door and he can't decide whether he wants to knock on the door or not. He finally knocks on the door and he says to his nephew, can I dine with you and your family today? And they say, you are more than welcome in our house, uncle. And he goes around and he asks all the people for forgiveness for spending his life like he had done. Christmas changed his life so much By the end of the movie, it was said of him that he knew how to live Christmas well. Ebenezer Scrooge was full of joy throughout the year, all because of Christmas Day. Christmas Day changed his life. And I realize this movie was written for all the political, social stuff about the rich man versus the poor man. Forget all that. God changed his heart. And in that change of heart, he went full of joy to live out what Christmas meant to him in his life. This third Sunday of Advent is all about joy. Joy is what Psalm 126 is written about. God heard the prayer of his people they were in captivity he said I'm going to send you to a bad place and you're going to live there for a long time they prayed they prayed they prayed and God said I heard your prayer and they said when he hears our prayer when he listens to us we will rise up we will become his people and we will march in great joy God heard their cry and he freed them he touched their lives forever Joy is what our sermon text is all about. Verses 1 through 7 in Isaiah 61 is about the Messiah coming. And when the Messiah comes, the Bible says he's going to make everything right. He's going to make the crooked places straight. He's going to save man from himself. And he's going to do right by all people that are out there. In verses 8 through 11, God says he will establish this joy by causing his people to live in the truth. He was not happy with his people because they kept sinning against him and they didn't know what to do or how to walk in him. And he was frustrated. He says, I'm going to cause my love and my heart and my mercy to rule in you. And here's the way I'm going to do it. He says, you will live my truth because I will establish an everlasting covenant with you and then he explains what this covenant is he says number one i will provide them with a garment of salvation and righteousness to them this meant he was going to return them to their promised land where they worshiped him and loved him and served him they were outcasts and he says i'm going to restore that which was lost in your life and then i will make you righteous in my sight I will put you in right relationship with me because I, the Lord God, am going to do it. Secondly, he said, this blessing will include your offspring. Not just you when your life is changed, but your family and your family's family and your family's family's families. Everybody in your family will be blessed. And all the nations will know that your family is blessed by me. Not only will they know that. But all those around you will live under this blessing. He then says, through them, all the nations of the world will be blessed. This is what God says he's going to do. I'm going to put my truth and my spirit in your heart. You're going to walk in my will. You're going to walk in my way. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to honor you. Everybody's going to see it. They're going to acknowledge you that you're my people. They're going to run to you and they too will be blessed. He then says, as a result of the covenant I make with my people. This is what the people will do. Number one, they will praise the name of the Lord. They will praise his name coming in. They will praise his name going out. Wherever they go, they will praise the name of the Lord because the Lord God Almighty is a covenant keeping God. Then they will walk in great joy. Wherever their steps go, they will follow and serve him. And they will be joyful because of what God had done in their lives. Just as a practical matter, I guess Isaiah figured we would need to know this. He then says, just as a bridegroom and bride adorned themselves before marriage. Well, young dudes that are about to get married us who've been married, when they speak to the bridegroom, what does the bridegroom, what do we want? Good cologne. That's got to, the cologne's got to be right on your wedding day. Cologne's got to be right. Your hair's got to be tight. Your body's got to be like it was when she met you, right? Because that what she wants to know how much weight did you gain between this time and this time. Is your hair all there? You got a little money in your pocket? And my suit's got to be looking good. That's all the groom cares about, how he looks. He don't care about nothing else in the wedding other than to get the wedding over with and get to the real destination, which is the honeymoon. He don't worry about the details. Does my hair look good? Does my body look good? Do I smell good? Do I got money in the pocket? Oh, best man, don't forget the ring. We don't want to have a mess up on the ring. Let me see the ring. So the groom, he's getting his act together for the wife. But the lady, all she cares about is the book that she's made since she's been a little girl. This is how my wedding's going to go, and this is what it's going to look like, and there ain't going to be one soul change what's in my heart. I've dreamed about it. I've thought about it. This is what I wanted, and everything's going to be right. The whole program, the whole mission is going to be right. It has to be right for me. This is what God says, I, uh, Isaiah says it's going to happen. What does this mean? That God will so lavish his people with love that they will live in great joy. The husband and wife live for one another. They love one another. They honor one another. They work hard for one another. And that's what they want to do for the other person in the relationship. God's love is quadrupled in our lives and magnified because of his love for us. And because of that, we should walk in great joy. Now, I'm not dumb enough to think you're never going to get mad at God. We do. We get mad at our spouse. A husband I think we know how to fix it flowers necklace of course she wants conversation apologies what did you do wrong why did you do it wrong and how are you going to fix the wrong that you have done so we work it out she works her side we work our side but you know what when we get it worked out The husband and wife, we flow once again in great joy, happy that we're together, happy that we have a family, happy that we have a relationship, happy that we have kids. We're happy in our lives, and there's great joy because we met on that day, right? So God says, I'm going to lavish you with so much love, you will have to walk in joy. God fulfilled his covenant on Christmas Day when he finally answered the cry of all his people. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This morning, here in our hearts and here in our soul, the Savior reigns right here. Jesus Christ has rule right here in my heart. He rules my life. He rules your life. He rules in your heart. And that makes us a mighty people of God. Israel was called a mighty army. I was nervous about using the word army because we are brethren. You we got, well, brethren is traditionally peacemaking. So when you say army, that might offend somebody. But we are the army of God, we are his mighty people. And God wants to use us to extend his love, his mercy, his kindness, his joy, and all He done throughout all the world. I realize that's impossible to do. We can't go all over the world. But there are things we can do as the body of Christ to fulfill the mission. I want to talk about two of these things this morning. Heifer International. Through Heifer International, we strive to send hope and joy to those hurting from hunger a lack of resources, and war. I have back there the three brochures Clint was talking about, a map where it serves. We have a map up here of where Heifer goes, and we try the best we can to help impact those areas and send them joy and hope. Up to this date, the Oak Street Brethren has given $3,840 to help fulfill this mission of Heifer International. Sometimes the offering is doubled and sometimes the offering is tripled to help people along the way. When the money's given, the adult Sunday school class decides what to do with the purchase. I have back there sheep, goats, cows, water. They decide what they want to give. They put it together say, this is the money that we got. We're going to pray about it and then we're going to send that out. Just so you know, the ark and all that is back there after service. If you want to give to the ark, whatever you give, God will bless it. He'll bless it. If you give a penny, he'll bless the penny. You give a dime, he'll bless the dime. Whatever we give to God for his glory and his honor, with the right heart, he will bless it. So after service, that little ark sits back there if you decide to give. This morning, I want to thank each and every one of you for being such a joyful congregation. $3,840 is a lot of money for a small church, and I want to thank you for being such a joyful church and giving into that ministry. But also ultimately want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ because he gives you and I the, be- the opportunity to be his mighty people. We are the people of God. Look at your lives. Businessmen, retired teachers. Whatever you've done in your life, God has blessed you. That bless you has flowed out to your families, has it not? You've blessed your families along the way. As you've blessed their families, they have been blessed. Whether they walk in covenant or not, they're blessed because you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And God says, I will bless all your offspring because of who you are and what you've done. You and I are blessed as believers. And the blessing has went to our sons and our daughters. And it spreads wherever we go. So I want to thank Jesus Christ for being a covenant-keeping God and blessing us and helping us to be his people. The second ministry that works really hard is the women's fellowship. Now, I'm going to use the word we, so take it like it is, okay? We strive to send hope and joy to those around Preble County. There should be a picture of their last dinner that they have. This was their uh, Christmas fellowship dinner, and they work really hard to send help throughout Preble County. Women's Fellowship has given one thousand four hundred and fifty dollars to such ministries as Wacoca, the Food Bank, Jacob's Ladder, Shoe for the Shoeless, and etc. Over the last several months, Jill and I have been working. She calls. She says. We want to extend our missions. We got some money. We want to bless somebody else. Brian, do you know anybody? You never ask a preacher if yeah. the, he needs money to go to a mission. That's, that's, he's, he's locked and loaded, ready to go. But there are some missions that are in my heart that I would never tell you about or never mention because I don't want to overrule you. You know what I mean? I don't want to do that. When it comes, if God opens the door, here it is. I laid out two missions. I said, would you, as the Women's Fellowship, consider giving to these missions? If you do, great. If you don't, that's great, too. But here is that. So we've been working on a couple of missions to um, reach out to. The Women's Fellowship is a vital part of our mission to the county, Preble County, and hopefully beyond. The Women's Fellowship is open to any of our ladies who want to be a part. So I want to thank each and every one of you for donating items or money especially the turkey supper. I know a lot of people bought tickets. I know people bought food and they bought stuff. People donated their time. They donated their talents to help with the turkey supper. And I think that's one of the biggest ways the Women's Fellowship earns money to be a blessing to others. And I want to thank you as a congregation for helping them do the things that God has put on their heart. Ultimately, I want to thank the ladies for working so hard to do the work they do. You need to be appreciated. You need to be loved and honored and lifted up for what you do in the work of the church. And we want to come behind you as a congregation and say, we want to support you because you are one of our missions. But ultimately, again, I want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for giving us the opportunity to be his mighty people. We are the people of God. His son, his Holy Spirit rules, and he reigns in our hearts. And The more we open ourselves to him, the more we lift our hands to him and say, Lord, use me for your glory and for your honor, the more he'll touch us, the more he'll use us, the more he'll bless us. And he will say, go be my people and do my work. Sometimes Amy kind of mocks me a little bit because I'll say uh, Oak Street Brethren maybe too much. You know, maybe you shouldn't say that big long name so much, but here it goes. Oak Street, brethren, we can do all these things because of Christmas Day. Jesus Christ was born on the earth, but there was a day in all of our lives where Jesus Christ became alive to us, where we accepted him as Lord and Savior. And on that day, he changed our lives forever. And because he'd done such a wonderful work in our lives, you and I should be a joyful person. We should be a joyful congregation, and we should seek to help others along the way to help them out. I ask you on this third Sunday of Advent to be a joyful person in the Lord. Let us be a joyful congregation, and let us continue to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let us pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you this third Sunday of Advent for joy. Joy came on Christmas Day when the King of kings and Lord of lords heard our cry, and he came to the earth and was born. Joy was fulfilled in the day you reached down in our souls and says, I love you, I see you, I understand you, I know you, and I want to change your life forever. And in changing your life, I will change your family, and I can change the world. And you have done that and you've kept your promise. Thank you for saving our souls and changing our lives. And thanking you for giving us an opportunity to be your church. That you would be glorified. You would be lifted up through the Oak Street Brethren. We do want to be your holy people. We thank you for all that you do, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.